Today is Monday, July 17th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Today we talk about Livius.org and uh, how it's been overrun. It's like a Wikipedia spinoff or something about history, and it's been completely overran by people who want to... Um, support their own views and just you can edit it like wikipedia so apparently these people who have their own views and want it to be uh checked out by historical sources have edited <laughs> this poor page and completely completely tanked it any credibility it had so we talk about livius.org then we talk about uh woman pastors for i think the entire rest of the discussion and we examine it about every angle and i guess you can teach an old dog new tricks um, it's, it's been a while since I've looked at it because I'm not in church leadership. The question comes up a lot about women pastors, but we went a little bit more in-depth than we usually do and got, got really specific about it. So um, there's all you've ever wanted to know about woman pastors. Well, well, not because I had to cut the discussion short or I never would have got out of there. So maybe that's like half of everything you've ever wanted to know about woman pastors. And you can tune in tomorrow and we'll uh, continue. So um, that's pretty much the only topics discussed today. Uh, there's some chitter-chatter in between, and we learned some interesting stuff about our friend and guest, Albie. Um, anyway, so check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon, free with Kindle Unlimited. Check out the Ask a Christian store, grab a t-shirt, join the conversation, get people to ask you about this hope you have and why you have it. And if you're not a believer, buy a t-shirt anyway. And tell people to go listen to this discussion if you want level-headed, civil discussions about Christianity and religion in general. You can also click on the donate link in the description to support this podcast and having civil discussions with people on the internet and supporting a biblical-based Christian representation out there for people. So, uh, also share these links. Pretty, pretty please. We appreciate it, and we will see you next time. Happy Monday. Jeez, man. It's my dog's fault I'm late. He wouldn't go to the bathroom. I mean, you kick it until it does. The official position of the ASCII Christian room is don't kick dogs. Except no, man's. I mean, this one was such a pain. That's fair. Like, he takes me outside. Oh, he takes me outside. I take him outside because he always goes to the bathroom <laughs> on time. So I go outside with him, and he just sniffs around, and, you know, he, he doesn't do his, what he's supposed to do. So, you know, well, he did half, half the battle. But the other part... Uh, <laughs> um. He just kind of sniffs around, scratches like he wants to do something, and he doesn't. So I bring him back inside, wait like 20 minutes, thought, fine, you can wait until next time we go out. And then he starts like coming to me, like, you know, wanting to go outside. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to mess with my hands. So I take him outside, and now it's raining. And we like walk around a little bit, and he still doesn't go. So uh, be angry, yet do not sin. That is my focus for this morning. Like kicking a dog or something. No, that's fair. I, I got kicked so, today. I was uh, from a was room. One of the Hebrew, yeah, I was in one of the Hebrew Israelite rooms, and then uh, you know who Trilla is? That dude. No. Okay, so like, <laughs> he just he hangs out with Cool Man all the time, and Albie keeps thinking he's getting real close on converting Trilla to Christianity, and I just kind of chuckle at that, and then uh, and anyway, so it's a whole thing, and Trilla posted in their room. A, uh, a link as if it was authoritative about what an Edomite is. And it was from this website called Livia.com. And I was like, what is this? And so I go there, or Livius, rather, not Livia. So Livius.com. And you so saw I go a picture there, of you? <laughs> and basically I was like, what website is this? And it's like, oh, we're the website for um, people 
who don't like scholars. And I was like, <laughs> and it was it was really funny because it was basically just a wiki, and it was whatever nonsense you put up there. And so whatever the article was, it was put up by some rando with absolutely no background in anything that just made it up. And so apparently a bunch of Hebrew Israelites have gotten on there out in the wiki. And have posted a bunch of people. Yeah, so they changed a bunch of stuff to be, you know, friendly to, you know, Hebrew Israelite uh. pseudo history, and so now they use this as like a main source. And I exposed it, and then he kicked me. I did, all I did was like, I was like, hey, here's a link to the to the sources page, which is blank, and here's a link oh. to the sort to the to the biographies of the contributors, which they're all like, you know, such and such is a teacher. You know, it's like, what, what? You know, like. You know, what's the name of it? So it's like really supposed to be like a, like a WikiLeaks competitor? Yeah, it's supposed to be basically like a history site for classical history. But it's been overrun with Hebrew right. Israelites, apparently. And what, what is the name? How do you spell this thing? Livius, L-I-V, I believe, I-U-S. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, L-I-V-I-U-S dot org. It's dot org. Oh, dot org. I wonder if there's a dot com one. So there was a bunch of, there's a bunch of Dutch people on here, um, which, so I think it was originally a Dutch site, but now they've been overrun. So it's like, here, let me, <laughs> let me read you one of the biographies, you know, of, like, supposed to, it's supposed to be what the contributors, you know, credentials are. And so here's Jolanda Romine. Jolanda Romine has traveled all over the world from Laos to Tiega de Fuego. That's it. This page was last modified 7 June 2019. Doesn't I was Fuego like, oh, I'm glad we have such esteemed editors and contributors. Doesn't Fuego mean hot? Does that mean she's traveled to hell? Or? Yeah, you know, I think that's an actual place I've heard of it. Huh. Is that like Fuego Valley or something? Like, or not Hell Valley, Death Valley? Well, anyway, that's fun. Yeah, it was you know, hilarious. So, like, not, I, guess not, they, I guess they've been using this for a while now, and now that I've exposed it, they're, like, probably real mad. Well, not unlike your own morning, I was met with some, some comedy hour. Well, not com well, it was, why don't we debate women pastors more and whether or not women can be pastors? And, you know, I, I just couldn't scroll fast enough past it, except there was a lot of, like, screenshots posted. So, I mean, it took me a while to scroll past it. But it's just, like, that's maybe the worst argument is, like, they think people that don't think women can be pastors, because, you know, the Bible, think um, their reasons, like, women are so dumb. I'm like, no, there's tons of women who are really smart, like, way smarter than the original poster of this. Um, that's, not, that's not the problem. <laughs> like, it's not that, like, you know, <laughs> men are amazing so and women are... It's not that men are amazing and women are dumb. It's it's that it's God set up the structure. That's why, like, yes, there are plenty of women who could be way better pastors, like, uh, you know, just as far as doing the job than, like, a man. Like, there are way probably less women who are, you know, will get tempted by male hookers and cocaine parties in a motel. Um, you know, I mean, it would be better. Like, if you're going to have someone who's, an estrogen-filled pastor, it may as well be a woman instead of the guy who posted the stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's not that, like, women can't do the job. It's just not the structure God set up. That's the reason, 
like, and still so many times, and there's some other people that made that case while I was scrolling, and, um, oh, hey, Elby, welcome. Did you raise your hand? I didn't. Anyways. But anyway, so, they're like, oh, it's blah, 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 and, Hey, good morning, guys. You know, women, you. women can be, women can do a good job. Women can be smarter than most pastors. I'm like, yeah, everyone thinks that, including me. Um, it, it's like, that's not the point. It's like, God says this, do this. It's not like a battle of wits. Like, that, that's not what we're going for here. We're trying to be biblically accurate and biblically sound. That, that's it. That's the only reason. Hey, Elby, what's up? Elby, that was, dude, it was so funny this morning. I guess I, uh, I guess I really peed in Trilla's Cheerios by exposing the website that he keeps using. He's a quiet Elby this morning. Yeah, sorry, man. I was um, fishing all morning. I was oh. waiting for uh, dawn to break so I could start working on the boat. And I've been working on my boat the past few hours. You got a boat? No, what I do every summer is I buy super, super, super cheap boats, right? Like just broken down boats. And I completely gut them out. Engine, every flooring, uh, remo- completely redo it, remodel it, and make it look like uh, new and then sell it. But this one, I'm working on my personal boat, which I got for super cheap. It's just it's 1985 uh, Chris Craft. Like a modern day uh, Noah. <laughs> Chris Craft is, dude, Chris Craft is the top, top, top. That's where, like, they have Chris Craft, that's where they make them, is here in Central Florida. Ooh, we hear a lot of background. Oh, that's a lot of background. Ah, it's a lot of background. Oh, oh, Maybe it's eaten by a shark right now. Is a shark eating you right now? There's no sharks on Lake Michigan. He's getting eaten by a giant walleye. No, no, I'm not on Lake. I'm, I'm on the border of uh, Wisconsin and uh, Illinois. Ooh. Oh. You ever get up to Libertyville or Mundelein? Yeah, so I'm not too far from there, right? But uh, so I'm in Antioch right now. Yeah, is that by uh, like Grace Fox, Lake. Fox? Is that by Fox Lake? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it is. It's part of the. It's part of what is called Chain O Lakes, right? So it's a chain of lakes. Fox Lake would be one of the biggest. And then this one, where I'm at, I don't want to say where I'm at because I don't. Just drop a pin. Yeah, I don't trust. I don't, I don't trust people. <laughs> Just give us your exact GPS. No, no, you guys, you guys, I don't. No, you guys, I don't care. But don't forget, don't forget, I I do receive death threats from Muslims and all that kind of stuff, and I just don't. You know, that's one. That's one thing you could take away from uh, from you know uh, Bob. You know, you know Bob. That's one thing. Like you know, he's like, I'll give you my address right now. I don't care. Come on to my house. Like I mean, someone that brave to you know just be like, hey, here's my address. That's probably probably okay with like giving that out either. Um they're really convinced they're right and ready to meet their maker or they have all kinds of crazy, like, you know, Hills have eyes stuff waiting for, waiting for any trespassers. Well, he, well, yeah, but, but also, but also, yeah, also, but he's not a threat to anyone. You know what I mean? He's not a threat. If he was a threat, it would be a different story, but the Muslims already doxed me. They put my address out there, both work and my home address, along with all my, uh, you know, criminal records and everything like that. Do you have time criminal record? records? Oh, I'm, I'm an 11 I'm an 11-time felon, bro. Yeah, you know his, <laughs> you know his record. No, I'm serious. Um, no, 
No, he's, yeah, this is testimony, Nate. You've never heard of Alby's testimony? No? What'd you do? Like, eat people's heads? What, what's, no, I don't know anything about this. No, well, so, the Leventime uh, felony. So, that was, uh, yeah. Was... Did you write bad checks or something, or? No, so what, so what happened is, well, there's several occasions, right? But the, the, the biggest, yeah, the biggest case that I uh, that I caught was I robbed the casino in Las Vegas, right? The Sun Are Coast you casino. Yeah, but not at gunpoint or anything like that. Not like Ocean's Eleven either, right? No, I wasn't that slick, you know. But I, I was, I was doing, uh, yeah, I was doing. Well, I don't want to talk about it too much, but but that's what I got nailed for. And then they nailed me with the felony on every time I uh, pulled the same scam right at <laughs> wait are we counting are we calling like counting cards as like robbing a casino or was it like that either yeah no it, it wasn't counting cards huh well interesting I mean yeah. I guess to that so, I would just so, you know post so. the counterpart uh, Muslims how they get in you know like so the, I did uh, you know, like, like the guy that was in the I, I met the Lord while in 23-hour lockdown in solitary confinement. You know, that was uh, the best day of my life. But I, I do have to mute off for a few minutes. I'll be, I'll be right back. Okay. God bless you guys. I do pray that the Lord will use this room uh, and bless others to build them up or to bring them to the faith in Jesus' name. Yeah, Chris. I had no Probably idea. I guess I should get out. And, I, I guess I should get out and meet more people in clubhouse instead of hiding my own corner. Um, yeah, bro. Like Albie's got one of the best testimonies on clubhouse, man. Like it's awesome. Like when he gets to really tell it, it's like it's really cool. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, like oh, so yeah, Gray's Lake. Um, so you know, I grew up um, in Chicago, and then later on, my family moved to the Burbs up in uh, Libertyville. And then um, uh, my uh, church was up there was uh, First Baptist of Libertyville. That's the church I got saved in, and uh, it was it was a good times. That's where I um, that's where I flooded the church with the baptismal. So I did Why? that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a whole thing. When um, you're like a delinquent youth, or because they're no, preaching no, the no, wrong no. doctrine. So, no, so my discipler was um, the church janitor, and um, he was a former Hell's Angel, awesome dude, and I was dating his daughter at the time, um, and uh, so he left me and my buddy, my, my another guy named Chris, my other buddy Chris, in charge of filling the baptismal. Well, he told us, it'll take a few hours to fill up, and we were like, okay, <laughs> so... <laughs> So, of course, being the teenage retards that we are, we decided to go out, you know, just cruising in his 68 Nova with the stereo blasting and uh, with our cassette player and uh, just just jamming along and, you know, came back to the church and uh, it had flooded the entire church, including the basement. Yeah. So, yeah, we were, yeah, we were, uh, we were up till four o'clock in the morning, like getting Sunday school rooms ready because the, all the carpeting was wet and ruined. And we were like putting dividers out and chairs and all this stuff. 
and just like trying to clean up the water. And, yeah, it was it was a it was a crazy nightmare. When I lived up by Chicago, we had some fr- I had some friends in Fox Lake, so I'd like drive up there. Like I was in uh, I was close to Schaumburg, and like so I'd drive like through Barrington, like up to Fox Lake. Like that was really awesome. I mean, it was really cold and snowy, but like. It was like, you know, you get to see like all all the forests and it was all covered with snow and stuff and it was like seemed really uh, pristine. Oh yeah. Like, that, was cool, that was a cool that was a cool place. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, we had I had, yeah, I had, had a lot of misspent youth. Um, but uh yeah, no, it was a uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. It was a uh, it was a good church though, and then our church actually had a split. And get this, our church split was over MacArthur. I kid you not. Did the janitor pastor the new church? No, no. So, but a buddy of his, this guy named Bob, they were having Bible studies and people, and this is right when the gospel according to Jesus came out. So this is like late eighties. And, um, and so like gospel according to Jesus comes out. And half of the church, including all of the wealthiest members, went the MacArthur route, and the rest of the people stayed easy believism. And so it was this crazy church split that I didn't at the time have any understanding of. I really didn't didn't get it, like because I was brand new Christian. I had no idea what was going on. And I was like, why did 30 families just leave? And it was because they, you know, were going with the real gospel as opposed to the, uh, the watered-down, you know, easy believism. And so then those people that broke off ended up retaking over the church, from what I understand, um, and kicked out all the, all the uh, easy believers. Now, when you say easy believer, the gospel is very easy if you believe it. So are you saying easy believers who say, I'll pray to Jesus and then do whatever I want? Or... Yeah. That kind. All right. Yeah, no, yeah, well, so like, okay, so a little bit of history. So in the 70s and 80s, there was a whole movement amongst, and, and so I've grown, I grew up Baptist. I'm not a Baptist anymore, but I grew up Baptist for uh, 20 some odd years. Um, and so. The whole thing in Baptist churches was you sign the card, you walk the aisle, you have fire insurance. You're good. Like, there was no idea who Jesus is, what, you know, submitting to Christ as Lord is, what the Lordship of Christ is, like, how to live the Christian life. None of that was being taken into account. It was literally a numbers game because the Southern Baptist Convention needed numbers. And so it was a political thing. So, like, as all as most heresies are, it, it was political. And so the SPC was trying to gain clout within the, you know, various movements of the time, including the, you know, the rise of the religious right. And so there was this idea, if we could just show how many members and how many baptisms, yada, yada, yada. And so then it became a, it became a numbers like game that they would play in terms of how many members of your church that you had. And this wasn't faithful everyday members. It's just like anybody who drove by the church on a Sunday morning was a member, you know? So like they were counting like dogs and cats and Baptist bunnies. Like they were, you know, it was, it was everything about head count. 
And so the, this whole easy believism thing was really big because you could just get people to sign a card, walk an aisle. That signed card now is evidence that you've got more members and that you're preaching the gospel and people are becoming Christians. It didn't matter that they didn't know anything about Christianity and that they just, you know, had an emotional response to an invitation. It just, it, it, it was all about that. And so then when the gospel according to G, and there were, and that wasn't just Baptist churches, it was all churches, it was charismatic churches, everybody. Um, and what the impact that the gospel according to Jesus had is that it wrecked that theology. Like it just, it cleansed the church with fire. I mean, when I say cleanse the church with fire, I mean, it, it, it flipped within like three years to where churches were preaching what we know now. Like we just take it for granted that like the gospel that, that you hear on here and the gospel that you teach and the gospel that everybody that, that are our friends that we abide by is a lordship salvation gospel. But that was not the case. Amen. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it just, I mean, it cleansed the church, the American church. It was unbelievable. So that was that was quite shocking. Huh. Well, interesting. And I know sometimes, like we'll, we'll like you know talk about the you know the Baptist how like kind of the once saved always saved position. But I mean, you probably wouldn't say that of like the general congregation because right they would have sat through a couple of Pastor Mark services and you know like I remember my my you know because we like grew up like grew up I grew up like you know we went to Assemblies of God Church and. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my dad, uh, he grew up in a Baptist church. So my, my um, mom persuaded him to uh, start going to her Assemblies of God church. So, you know, that's the one I grew up in. Anyways, but like, when, you know, they would always kind of like unintentionally straw man because, you know, no one even knew what that term was. Like, we're not a debating community or family. Anyways, but they would like, kind of mischaracterize and be like, well, you know, the Baptist people, you know, they believe you're once saved, always saved. So you can do whatever you want. And I'm like. And, you know, at the time, I mean, I was like a kid, I had no idea. But thinking back, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, but how many Baptist people do you see doing whatever they want? Like, they're not exactly like, you know, hanging out in strip clubs and bars. So, anyways. Depends on the Baptist. But, <laughs> no, but, um, <laughs> no, but like, yeah, that was a common refrain, right? That's the, And so the idea of eternal security you know, because of non-wordship salvation type of teaching became like anathema to a lot of people. And so you've got this classical Arminian stance about that you can lose your salvation. And it suddenly took on a more cultural meaning than a theological meaning because it was, oh, well, here's these this group of people over here that they're counting the bunnies that are sitting outside the church as members you know, whereas we're counting people who are true, faithful members, you know, and so it became a cultural touchstone to reject that doctrine. So, again, there's always culture and politics wrapped up in a lot of these doctrines. It's quite interesting. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, and actually something I have a very good uh, idea about culture and political schemes in the church. Uh, do they have their place? Yes, but they shouldn't be the main focus. Of course, discipleship should be the focus. Uh, we do understand that we must become all things to all men that we may win some. 
So I know that uh, August 1st to the 10th, we're about to have what we call Culture Fest and Empowerment Gathering, which is 10 days of celebrating the different cultures and nations that are in uh, God's House Tabernacle International Ministries, uh, University Bible College Theological Seminary, plus uh, in the community. So, uh, and I've got African, I've got island, I've got folks from Euro, uh, European descent, I've got people here from Asian descent, all around the, in the community. Not to mention, um, but what's the one thing that keeps, what's the one thing that knits us together? Christ. Christ. So, Christ is the key. And after that, we can focus on culture, community, and politics. And this is where it gets real nasty because politics seems to divide rather than unite. Um, even on even from left and right side of, of the political spectrums, uh, of the political spectrum and everything in between. So it's 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 amazing to me how we have how we are stating if you're not this you can't be Christian if you're not that you can't be Christian. I'm looking at the gospel, the message of the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and what we're looking for, the second coming of Christ Jesus. It seems to me that we've gotten away from that story, from the old story telling of the old story to making things political. Yeah, Chris, why are you and making things political? Uh, whether you're left-leaning or right-leaning, whether you are cent- uh, a centrist, uh, that sometimes sometimes I hear people saying, you're not Christian if you're that. And the <laughs> people are putting... Uh, <laughs> so, oh, there's uh, a lot of that, that lately. Uh, yeah, I've seen uh, a lot of that. And it's, I, I mean, if I can't say it now because it'll get political. But oh my gosh! Like yeah. the 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 thing they were saying, you can't be a Christian if it mm-hmm. was just mind blowing. I'm like, yeah. come on. Uh, and I'm like, my next question is to them folks who act like that. I said, when did you go to the cross? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you get you, when you shed your blood. Mm-hmm. When did you ascend into heaven? So would we were, say, you virgin, like, were, were you born of a virgin? <laughs> are you God on earth? I know we got some folks in Clubhouse who think they are. Well, yeah, <laughs> what, Chris? <laughs> but, uh, I was going to ask, uh, so um, what, what about like uh, the, uh, the lady pastor, quote-unquote pastor, uh, that I saw this weekend that was saying that abortion is a blessing? No. No. What about find these people? Can we safely say that that person is probably not a Christian, or are we going to hedge on that? <clears throat> I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm a big hedge monster. I mean, in the interest, she, you know, got brain damage or went bungee jumping, the cord snapped. I mean, as unlikely as it is, I, I mean, we, I, we, let's see, how, how do I be the most beneficial without sounding like um, I'm going to lose my salvation when Chris pronounces me not a true Christian? Uh, well, well, help me out, Chris. 
So, like, obviously, that's a terrible doctrine, right? Completely wrong. If we're trying to give the most benefit of the doubt, would have to just say it was, like, brain damage from something, right? And then, like, she's got some wires crossed, and she's saying, like, a totally abhorrent position, but she could still believe in, you know, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, and, you know, she is she is uh, sealed by the Holy Spirit, but her brain is not working right. I mean, you could Is that about the most generous? We, we, I would say we, the, we all have our moments. Church. We all have she's our moments. She's, she, well, she's the, this is not the first time she said this. She said this dozens of times. And she's also the head of the Lutheran Church. And she um, also talks, uh, she goes and blesses abortion clinics. Um, oh, <laughs> and pray, prays around them and uh, spritz, spritz holy water around them to bless them. Um, and she also doesn't believe in a literal Jesus. Jesus is a metaphor. So, I mean... Oh, so okay, yeah. We, okay, that gonna, kind of person, I would say, is not safe. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if Jesus is a metaphor, then, I mean, there you go. Why can't you just lead with that? That makes it a lot easier. Oh, I mean... See, this is this is my point, though, is that we're so we're so quick to want to keep people in the house um, when it literally talks about mark them and avoid them. And so this is the big problem that I have with all the kumbaya is that, you know, we've got people. Uh, oh, and Nadia Boltz Weber, who talks about how um, having abortions is, um, you know, a sacrament and that it is uh, another blessing, um, that being promiscuous is a blessing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, are we just, are we going to keep all these folks or are we going to, we going to draw well, the see, line? I, and well, well, what do you mean by keep, keep these folks, right? Because what authority do I have to quote, keep anyone? And I know what you mean though, but when they're not, uh, you know, they're, I don't know them. They're not a part of my church or anything like that. So if someone says, uh, you know, they profess Christ. And they've got some funky doctrine or beliefs. Um, perhaps if I knew them, if I went to church with them, if I was on the administration at church, um, you know, I'd be like, okay, this is too far. Let's talk about this. And then, you know, do what you do and like, you know, put them through the Inquisition and be like, all right, you got to go. This is too messed up. Um, but looking from afar, it's like, well, you know, let's keep them until they can't. So like if someone, you know, professes Christ and they've got the basics covered, um, but then, yeah, they have like some really far out stances. It's like, well, Okay, this specific thing is totally against the Bible. It's unbiblical. It's, you know, heresy or whatever. But then to say you don't have a place in heaven, that's hard, right? Because not, not because we don't, we don't want to be mean or kumbaya. You, you clearly don't care about that. And, you know, I don't if it's right. But it's like, well, how do I know it's right? Because I barely know these people at all. So I don't know their life. I don't know their church. I don't know their pastor. I'm not their pastor. So that's where I kind of like to, you know, take a less judgy approach because I don't know them. So – Anyways, that that's me. We are different people, Chris. You you complete me on on the Inquisition side. <laughs> so so we need to get to Iron Maiden. Ha! The skull's just, bridal or something. I'm just saying, like, if Bob if Bob down there were a member of my church, then I would be actively lobbying for Bob to be thrown out of my church because he's he's a unitard. Well, yeah, so, I like, would. Well, I I would agree with that. I I mean, I I would say it nicer. But, I mean, I would lobby for, you know, Bob to not be a part of the church because I'd be like, look, this is causing divisions, this is causing problems. And if him running around saying, you want to know how to make God laugh, talk about the Trinity. If that wasn't enough to raise eyebrows and it fell to me to point that out, then I'd take up that cause. But Bob's not in my church. 
Um, yeah, Bob, I, I was I was wondering, Bob. Um, <clears throat> we were talking earlier. Like I I was talking about how you don't care to like give out your address or where you live and tell people like come to your house. And I was saying like, um, only people who are only a certain kind of people. Oh, Chris, get me, bro. Only a certain kind of people are that comfortable doing that. So we were surmising what type of like special treats you have uh, waiting for hostile people who would like come to your address. Like we're thinking like torture devices or swamps and alligators and like venomous snakes. Like what kind of stuff do you have in store for people who want to come to your house? Uh, they don't want to come to my house. So that's the best deterrent, right? Just make them not want to. Yeah. And tell them they'll get saved. If they come to my house, they'll stay away. It, by get saved, you mean like be kept prisoner in a basement? <clears throat> no. Oh, okay. But I definitely don't go with the confess Jesus and you got it made days, you know. Some people some people think you'd be a Christian, all you gotta do is oh thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart now and be okay. Hallelujah. La ti da. Think that's where it starts. If you confess <clears throat> and if you believe that, then there you go. Um I mean Where did Peter that, say that? Did Peter say that? Romans 10, 9, and 10. That's not even nothing Peter said. What's wrong with you? Why does it have to be what Peter said, though? That's the verse. That's in the Bible. Oh, wait. The Bible's flawed, right? <laughs> Do you think the Bible's flawed? I, I keep forgetting, Bob. The Bible? I mean, if it, says, if it says it in one place in the Bible, I mean, uh, that's as good as anywhere else. Why does it need to come from Peter? Like, you don't think he was the first pope, so what's your deal with Peter? <sighs> My deal with Peter? I mean, yeah, I mean, the scribes have messed up the Bible. You didn't know that? Uh, I tap out. All right, Chris. Bob, I only let you up here to ask about the torture devices you have for people waiting for you. <laughs> the torture's going to come when they find out, you mean my confession didn't work? And that's when they go get tortured. They get to stay with the devil in the lake forever. How bad is it going to suck for you, Bob, if, uh, you know, like the, the, the guy, you know, the rich man, and uh, all these people... Um, you know, who sincerely, they recognize, you know, they are in need of a savior. They can't save themselves. They call on the name of the Lord. They ask Jesus to forgive them, save them, make them born again, give them eternal life. And, you know, the Holy Spirit leads them and guides them, you know, and they, uh, they end up being in heaven. And you're looking across this great chasm saying, wait, you can't be in heaven right now. And, you know, it's getting a little hot and stuffy where you are. And uh, you're like, you can't be in heaven. All you did was confess and believe. What are you talking about? You can't be there. And, uh, you know, if they can notice where you are, um, you know, see you through, I don't know, the flames, they'll be like, well, here we are, existing in heaven with our creator. You could have been too, Bob, if you just would have confessed and believed. You really believe that, I guess. I absolutely do believe that. What would make you think I don't? And I hope the best for you, Bob, so I hope, uh, you know, that becomes you someday. <laughs> hope the best for me, huh? Not hope the best. Well, I just hope, I just... I'm hoping Chris, you know, repents so he can be saved. Well, I'll let Chris, you know, take up his own cause. Chris, do you feel like repenting and being saved? I mean, I did that, so, you know. Been there, done that, got the shirt? Yeah, got the t-shirt. You, do you wear it, too? I mean, on occasion. Yeah, well. It's gonna be an occasion when when the, when the people find out they've been lied to by the devil. Are, Projection are is not just for movie theaters, Bob. <laughs> no, this the is, role of the this, devil will now be played by Bob. No, I don't play the role of the devil. 
can't play what you are. Ah, okay, enough of this. Does anyone have something about Jesus today? Yeah. The right Jesus, Bob. The right Jesus is at the right hand of God in heaven. He's sitting down doing exactly what his daddy told him to do. Hmm. Your Jesus don't have a daddy. Your Jesus turned into daddy. That's not what, what we, that's not what I teach. <laughs> I don't know what you get where you get that from. <laughs> well, I, I don't the know Jesus exactly. I serve was born of a virgin. The Jesus I serve was came was was in was in the beginning of creation. Jesus I serve was is is the one who's a, is the holder and sustainer of all things, makes all things consist. You, you think Colossians, from the book as Colossians teach. You so think Jesus the I serve is the one that was called the is called the Holy Son of God. The Jesus I serve serve is the one you think uh, that's you think the, that's the that's the wait. Jesus I serve. So oh, I don't know where you got that from. All right, <laughs> did the Jesus you did the Jesus you serve create the first Adam? Yes. Oh my gosh. Hey Bob, what do you have a problem with if people see uh, Christ as God? See Christ as what? As God. You say he's the son of God. You say he's the son of God, which you're basically giving him the same authority as God. No, Jesus, Jesus is the son of God. Okay, fine. Let's say he's the son of God. No, let's Now, if people see him as God, what is the problem? They, they're not doing what he said. But then God, he's equaling himself to God by calling him a son of God. Like this son, the son. Don't you understand that he's putting himself in the same light as the father? No. Yeah, he is Why in the same light. Be? He is. He walks well, in the he, same how light. God, listen, you could either say, how can God have a son? He got a girl pregnant. Okay, so do you see what I'm saying? It's like the stupidity that you're talking about. If you say that God, that Christ is Savior, and God is, Christ is the Son of God, then God, the Son, is divine in nature. I don't say Christ is the Son of God. I say Jesus is. <clears throat> oh, my God. Talking about Christ the same means guy. Messiah. Come on. Get to the program. Well, Messiah don't mean Son of God, oh, does it? Oh, my God. Welcome to Christian Hell. Hey, I don't know why you guys waste your time with this guy, Bob. He's, he's a total lunatic. <laughs> Well, I know. I told I told him we just brought him up because I wanted to see what you know why he was so comfortable like letting people know where he lives. And I thought it was because he had like you know all kinds of crazy like hills have eyes torture stuff waiting for them. But he just says it's because no one wants to visit him, which no, makes I me feel a little sad for you, Bob. No, show up. I'll tell you the truth. I ain't showing up. <laughs> maybe, see, maybe just like that. Maybe it's just the thought of what fresh hell awaits us if we show up. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you the truth about Jesus. <laughs> Ah, they exchanged People, the truth of God for a lie. They did it when they thought Jesus created Adam. You heard him, didn't you? All right, Jay, what's up, Jay? Uh, thank you. How so are you? that just um, reminded me of one of my favorite scriptures in Colossians 1.15, if I may read it. The yes. sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all. All creation, for in him 
all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where thrones and powers and authorities all have been created through him and for him. Thank you. Well, for people that are soulless creatures, that sounds real good. But people that understand that sola scriptura is uh, sort of Over scriptura. Yeah, you never heard of sola scriptura? Oh, I'm just giving you heck for your pronunciation. That that's my bad. They, they that's think, me lording grammar over you. I'm sorry. Yeah, they think they think scripture is lord over everything. Uh, I mean, not a bad way to go. What do you believe? I mean, are you like quasi Catholic today? Like. Oh, well, what are you so? I believe like Jesus believed. You don't know what Jesus believed if you. Who's how telling come you what I Jesus don't, believed? How come I don't believe what? I want to know. I want to know who's telling you that you're right exactly in what Jesus believed. Uh, my father in heaven tells me. Who? My father in heaven. And why don't you write it down and show us all? Right? <clears throat> He said, I don't have to write it down. Just preach. Just preach. So we're going to believe you with no miracles, no nothing. You get us nothing. You give us nothing. All you do is give us your word, just like any other crazy prophet out there. I don't know about them other crazy. They are some crazy Well, you got to prove to me that you're a prophet by God, but at least at least doing what the apostles did. Can you cure anybody? Can you I heal anybody? To, I don't have to do anything to appease But the apostles you. did it. Well, I think we're done with Bob for today. Bob, thanks for playing. I, I think I've hit my my limit today. But Walter, do you have any uh, any godly topics on your mind? Otherwise, we may have to bring Bob up. At least at least he'll talk. Uh, there's I don't have much to say. I mean, <laughs> I'm just a Christian, <laughs> just living my life. I just find it irritating when, when there's everybody like I, I was on the other side and there was this this young man speaking uh, at uh, Andrew's uh, house, and he was telling uh, everybody how how the real name of Jesus, uh, the real name that people have to pronounce when they ask for forgiveness is the name Jesus, because it's written in the new in the King James version. And oh. like, we're, like we're, you ran into um, uh, what's his face? Jordan, right? Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this even possible? Does he even know that they were speaking Greek like 2,000 years ago? And he's the name. He's of mentally him? ill, man. He's not. He's yeah, not. Like, right. He's not. He's not. He's a, I just don't understand how people cannot see this. It's like you're reading an English book. And then you're giving authority to everything that's in English, not understanding that people in Spanish say their name, his name in one way, people in Greek, people in Italian, people in Portuguese. Everybody says the name in a different way. And yet he's like, no, you have to say the name Jesus, not Yeshua, not this one, not one. And I'm like, and these are the people that are, are, are supposedly teaching. Some of them anyways. Thank God it's not all of them. <laughs> hey Johnny, what's up? Hey guys, how you doing? How are you? Uh, good. How about yourself? Good. This is my first time to come up on stage. This, oh, I come to the, what's I on come your to mind? Show a lot. Um, well, something earlier kind of—I was just listening. Something earlier kind of tricked uh, 
a thought. But um, I thought since Bob came off the stage, I would bring I would bring some controversy <laughs> and uh, excitement to the show. Um, somebody came up and said that there was a pastor uh, at a church that said, um, what, "What did they say? Abortion is a blessing." Yeah. So, what do you think would happen if a uh, if a grown male, say late fifties, sixties male preacher, got up and said, "I think abortion is a blessing." Do you think the church would accept it? No. Or would he get a little push? Would he, or would he get a little pushback? I think the yeah the same the same. Well, I mean, you know, know your audience. But so I mean, if it was the same place that this woman said it. I mean, I assume she was preaching to her congregation or whatever that approves of that. Then a male would probably be received with the same amount of, yes, that's wonderful. But I mean, you know, if we're talking about like a a God-fearing Christian congregation who's biblically accurate, whether it's man or woman who said it, they would be met with the same resistance. But if it's a God-fearing biblical congregation, there wouldn't be a woman there in the first place to say that. So if a man said that, then yeah, they'd get pushback. Okay. That was kind of leading into my next one. So, so what do you guys think about First Timothy, two, verse eight? I'm sorry. Two, verse twelve. First Timothy. Mm-hmm. First Timothy two. Um, I'll read. I'll read starting at eight. Um, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands with anger. With, with anger or quarreling, likewise so, that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair, uh, that doesn't make sense, or gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with, with good works. Let a women, woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. Uh, verse 12 I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she she shall remain quiet in the church. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Meaning Adam was was formed first, Mm -hmm. and he he was given authority. So that that brings the the controversy of the, the man being the, the leader and the, the preacher of a church. So uh, I was just curious, what, what do you guys think of that? And, and is it still uh, practiced in the church? About how women shouldn't be pastors? Is that where yeah. we're going? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think the, that verse takes away a lot of bullets from the gun of bad ideas. So, you know, why does it say? It doesn't say because, you know, he has a certain genitalia or he's so much smarter. It doesn't, doesn't say that. It just says mm-hmm. Adam was formed first. Not at all. And it says uh, Eve was deceived, and you know she was she was the one who transgressed first. So it, it's always it's numerical, right? I mean, in some way, I mean, you know, we don't believe theologically this would have happened because the way it happened is the way it happened. But if uh, I don't know, Eve was formed first, and Adam was the first transgressor, maybe it would have read different. Maybe only females would be allowed, and maybe male pastors wouldn't be allowed. Not because of you know women's anatomy. But because, you know, a woman was first and a man was transgressed and deceived first. Um, So who knows? But the way it happened, the way it is, is man was first and 
woman transgress first. So it's not an academic thing. It's not a scholarly thing. It's not an IQ thing. It's because who was here first, who sinned first. Done. So that should yeah. take away all the bullets of the people who say, um, you know, metaphorical bullets of people who say, oh, it's sexist. It's blah, blah, blah. It's this. It's that. Like, no, it's a numerical order. One was first to be here. One was first to sin. That's your reason. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think anybody should take offense because because there was a reason, you know, Adam was created first and Eve was the one who grabbed the fruit first and she was the one who bit the fruit first and then she talked Adam into it. It's not like Adam grabbed the fruit. And then who did God go to? He didn't go to Eve. He went to Adam and said, where are you? Because he was in authority. So he got the punishment. So for that, uh, Eve ended up being in a more supporting position and, and Adam the man would be more of a leader and none of that's sexist at all. It's just kind of like one, both, both parts are very important in the way we live. And, um, but anyway, my point is it, it's scripture. So, um, when it, when it comes to a church, does, does that have any kind of controversy or problem with, with, uh, not going by the Bible in, in your own church. Well, I mean, I think it would. I mean, I think it's been around long enough now that the controversy should be pretty much settled, except I guess with the Baptist convention last month. <laughs> but I mean, you would think like all the churches who were going to like, it was going to cause problems over like female pastors would have already been like split up and sorted out by now. <clears throat> I mean, apparently not because it just happened, but I mean, you would, you would think that that's not a major issue because if you, if you think, you know, female pastors are great, you'll go to one of those churches. If you think they shouldn't be pastors, you'll go to one of those churches. Um, I, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I've kind of been in the middle because <clears throat> a lot of the churches I've been to, like they've had female pastors, like credentialed, like, you know, they've, they've, they've got their credentials. So they are a female who is a pastor, but they're, they're not like the main pastor. They're like, usually don't even know where they are or what they're doing. I mean, I think they may just be like a, a secretary uh, most of the time who happens to be a pastor. Um, but yeah, so, so that's kind of where I am. Like, is it technically like, anyways, yeah, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, most of the churches I've gone to have had, have had, have had women who have had the credentials of pastor, um, but they haven't been like a, a preaching pastor. And I don't know. I feel I'm not a little, sure what eh, you mean by about, credentials. Like, what do you mean by credentials? Like, uh, presumably they've gone to some kind of seminary and they're like a staff pastor or something like that. But they're not like up there like giving messages or sermons. I mean, like my wife went to seminary. Is that what you're talking about? Right, like ordained in whatever organization. Like that's not supposed to be the the controversy. Oh, it is just like. Yeah, oh, I mean, just like. Ha <clears throat> huh? That is the controversy. They're they're technically an elder at that point. If they're an elder and they're a woman, that is the controversy. That's the whole. Point. No, no. I'm. Hang on. Okay, let's settle this. So, like, whether you went to seminary or whatever, or like, you know, got certified by even you can perform marriages to dot com, right? So, like, the point is, if if you're like ordained by anything, or like, you know, you, you've got your ordination and, and whatever it is you are, um, great. Now they're ordained. You said that automatically makes them an elder. Yeah. 
Okay, so, so it's I, literally that's literally the definition of an elder. Wait, okay. I don't I, I think that may be some extrapolation. Like it talks about elders. There's nowhere that talks about going to seminary and being ordained and you're automatically an elder. But what what do you think ordination means? Not necessarily elder. Okay, hang on. I'm not talking about Bible. I'm not talking about like the Bible. I'm talking about like, you know, in like I'm talking about like Wow, thanks for opening this can of worms. Like I thought it was gonna be much easier. Uh, like if I go maybe if I, I go, told you told you it was hey, controversial. Maybe I can help. Maybe I can Right, right, but hey, hang on, Sean. Well, no, the the controversy isn't where I I was wanted it to be though. Like this seems like a gloss over. But he, he's being a stick worker stuff. So let's just pick a denomination. Um a Baptist church. This may be right, maybe maybe wrong, I'm not Baptist, whatever. But if if someone, you know, has their Baptist organization, right? Like however uh, pastor Mark got his ordination ordination to be a pastor. So he went through his college, his programs, whatever. And they're like, great. Now you've, you know, completed the requirements that the Baptist church requ requires to be a pastor. Congratulations. And now you have pastor Mark. So pastor Mark is the pastor. He has a past. He is a pastor. He also has his credentials from the Baptist, whatever, who gives him credentials. Now he hires a staff pastor. He hires a youth pastor, right? They've done the credentials too. They've got the same blessing from the Baptist church. Um, like I'm trying to separate the Bible at this point from the organization. So he, the youth pastor, you know, has, has his credentials. He's also a pastor. Um, you're saying that just the fact that he is a pastor now makes an elder. Cause I would think that pastor is not an elder because you need elders to elder and pastor is not the same thing. Yes, it is. Okay, I, I don't. Even, then I, I can't even get to the question I actually wanted to ask because I guess we just have a hiccup there. I mean, the scripture literally doesn't make a differentiation between elder and pastor. There's no such thing. There's only elders and deacons. Those are the only two offices in the church. Ordination comes from the specific church that you are coming from or going to. So like you are ordained in a specific local body. And so there is no difference between elder and pastor. If you are a pastor, by definition, you're an elder. If you're an elder, by definition, you're a pastor. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter if you don't ever preach. I have pastors at my church, like Pastor Rick, who never preaches anymore because he's the administrative pastor. Okay. Maybe some churches, I'm trying to think. Okay, I'll just ask the Chris. So asking a Chris, you would say not all churches use the same titles, right? Because you would say bishop is the exact same thing as a pastor, which is also the exact same thing as an elder, right? So bishop? Yeah, sure. Can we? Yeah. Okay, great. So, so you would have, uh, so I'm trying not to get hung up on titles because the point is different people will call things different things. So if there's like a problem and you would like dispute and say a church is in the heresy because they're using the wrong titles, fine, I get that. But the fact of the matter is, you know, people will say different things, right? So like some, you may say, well, bishop, because we don't have the title of a pastor at this church. You'd be like, well, bishop's the same thing. Like, yeah, but we don't call them pastors. We call them bishops. So that's what I was saying. But I don't have a lot of experience in church administration, but whenever they have like boards, right? Like th there will be like, I think growing up, like my, one of my churches had like, it was called like a church board and there were board members, but you would probably say that was like a council of elders or something like that. Are, are you with me now? Can we, can we like move on enough? Like 
if if so, we're saying the same thing, but people are using different titles. No, like, look, the, here's the thing. There's all kinds of unbiblical ways that people manage churches. Like the Southern Baptist Convention has one of the most unbiblical church governments that you, on record. Okay, they have deno- they, their entire denomination of the Southern Baptist Convention is all done by democracy, which is literally against what the scripture teaches, but yet they do it. And so, you know, whether your church polity is biblical or not, has no bearing on women pastors. Like women cannot be pastors or elders or ordained or anything in any way. It is simply unbiblical. And so I know that AG does that, but again, they're using the traditions of holiness where basically the women run the church. And so that that is what happens. And so you know, this happens in all kinds of communities. Does it make it biblical? No. Can they change, can they play games with the, you know, with the titles and what have you? Sure. Does it make it any more biblical? No, it just makes it, you know, and and, and again, I'm not singling out the AG. The Southern Baptist Convention has, again, like I said, the most like egregiously unbiblical polity that you could possibly imagine. Like you can't get worse than the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay, that's making me rethink things. Okay, so okay, um, uh, as someone who was well, ordained in the Baptist Church, licensed and ordained in the Baptist Church, uh, all the Baptist churches are democratic. Not just the Southern Baptist, the Missionary Baptist, American Baptist, National Baptist Convention, USA, Primitive Baptist. They are all democratic. All right. Uh, but I, 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 I don't see in the Bible where you vote in your pastor either. Okay. And I, that's why I was one of the reasons I left the Baptist church. But, but if I'm going to my hometown of Detroit, Michigan, I'm going where I was licensed and ordained Pine Grove Missionary Baptist Church. Church where everybody is somebody. Now, as far as the ministry of women and women in the ministry period Mo I don't know my Sunday school teacher was my first Sunday school teacher was a woman <laughs> I don't know about y'all um and as you got older depending on who was teaching that day uh And, and then the then the pastor, what people would call the senior pastor of the church, uh, on the final Sunday of the month, all the combined Sunday school classes would come together, and the pastor would give the review and an overview of what the actual Sunday school was about. Um, like I said, I don't think women should just be the cooking of the food <laughs> for when, is, when it's time for the uh, pastor's uh, anniversary or church anniversary. Um, I've seen that the, the Baptist Church have, has this thing called Women's Day uh, where the women are in charge of the service. Um, I'm just speaking from experience now. Um, 
and certain things that are talked about in the Bible about women who were who were prophetesses who prophesied. You can't prophesy quietly. There's no way in the world you can do that. Well, you also don't have to do it in the middle of a church service. Well, well, hang on. I, I'm, I'm, we're, we're going, a, uh, we're, we're going a different direction. That's not going to help Nate out. Uh, Chris, you, you said something about like assemblies of God, which I go to non-denominational church now. But anyways, um, you said like the, the on principles of holiness, where basically women run the church. I, I may have some questions about that because that's not my experience. I don't know what you mean by that. If they like pay the bills or something, but I just wouldn't think for a minute that like you know the the pastor's wife like has a, has like a major part in like running the church um anyways but okay so it's, it's been a while since i've looked so whenever it talks about like the scriptures like talk about elders and and shepherds and pastors what d does the is the language the same for elders that's like you know must be a husband of one wife that type of thing i thought elder was like different qualifications but like what makes you think elder is synonymous with bishop which is synonymous with pastor like because it's all the same exact passage Okay, so it says something like bishop, which is pastor, which is elder. These are yeah, the qualifications. They're, they're and it all gives exactly the, exact... the same. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. okay, 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 that's fine. So then I, I guess back to the original hang-up, because I think I, I used the wrong word. Uh, back to the original hang-up. Uh, what makes – okay. So if they're all the same thing um... – Not only that – that they're the same passage. I'm, I'm going to need Paul, to think about what I want to say for a while. <laughs> Paul even differentiates between elders and uh, mothers. Um, so it, it's two different. It's two different genders there. The elders would be men. The mothers, because he says the elder mother, the elder women, and treat them as mothers. And I think he says the elders, you can treat them as uh, fathers or something like that. I'm not mistaken, oh. right, Chris? Well, that yeah. was the thing. What, what, yeah, but then that was also my thing. I'm sorry, I'm having a brain break at the moment. I'm trying to like get through this because I really want to talk about it. But you were saying if you're a pastor, if you're credentialed, you're automatically an elder because you're a pastor, and that's what that means. What about all the people who don't see it that way? Because, you know, it talks about like, you know, women should, you know, sit and not, not have authority over a man and stuff like that. So what about the churches who, who I'm, I'm sure there have to be out there um, who are like, OK, yes, we allow women pastors. We think it's unbiblical for them to have, you know, the role of, of pastor or head pastor or having authority over men, just like the Bible says. Yet they have, you know, done these courses, they've done the program and they are ordained according to, you know, this organization. So they are a pastor, but we don't see them as elders because that would be unbiblical. So their pastorship their credentials allow them to, you know, be a woman's pastor or something like that, then you would just disagree. I but, mean, you couldn't say it's... Again, it's unbiblical. I mean, it's clearly unbiblical. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not ambiguous. Like, the office of pastor or elder is very specific. There's no, there's no disambiguous, there's no ambiguous nature to the office. There's only the oh. office of pastor and only the office of deacon. In a church. Okay, I think I get it now. Okay, got it. So it, it has nothing to do. Wow, I'm I'm dumb. So you're saying it has nothing to do with who they have authority over. They're saying by the by the time the church body says, 
okay, you are a pastor, automatically red X. It doesn't matter who they're talking to. It doesn't matter who authority is held over. By the time they say, congratulations, you have been ordained as a pastor, that's where you give the big red X. Yes. Sorry, it took me like 30 minutes to figure out that. Oh, my God. No, it's fine. I mean, I can see the confusion because people try to confuse these offices. Oh, the time. Um, it's quite, quite, you know, quite often. And it's by, and then, the, so how, by design. I know the Church of God in Christ really disagree with you, Chris. Because the Church of God in Christ really disagree with you. Yeah, I know. I mean, they can, they can pick up a couple of books and figure they would, it out. But, I mean, highly yeah. disagree with you to prove their points, too. Not just, not just, um, I mean, it, uh, I don't have to, it's been proven thousands of times. I mean, church I, history I, is very I, clear I, on the and, point. And let me, well, let Chris, me how is what that? I'm talking about in the church of God in Christ. The bishop is the overseer of not just one church. That would be like what other people call a presbyter, right? Wherever that comes from. Uh-huh. Well, that's actually taken from the uh, Presbyterian, which is found in Timothy, the laying on the hands by the Presbyterian. When I was when I was ordained, the Presbyterian laid hands on me, and they were different pastors from different churches. All right, uh, but the bishop would be over a specific region of churches. Yeah, for the or town. A, for the town, usually. Uh, or not just the town. There's some. Yeah, the, the Church of God in Christ got state bishops. They got regional bishops, and then they have they have the bishop who's over the who's on the general board, and then uh, they have the presiding prelate. Yeah, I was thinking the Detroit, ancient, I was thinking right ancient, now. <laughs> I was actually thinking ancient times. So that, that's bishop, what my head is. Uh -huh. Bishop Sheard, Bishop uh, J. Drew Sheard is the uh, currently the presiding. Presenting prelate over the Church of God in Christ, and he's in Detroit, Michigan. Well, so Chris, uh, how would how would you say that a pastor should be chosen? Like, I mean, if you want to be like super, I mean, I don't want to sound bad for saying super biblical, but I mean, you know, the Bible and nothing else. Um, what was? I mean, what wasn't like an, an Acts or like where? How did they actually choose? Like, if or maybe Sean said it. Like, you're not aware where you're supposed to vote on a pastor either. So how does someone just say, hey, God told me to be a pastor, so I'm your pastor, fall in line. How, how does one choose a pastor in Chris's Chris's? So, so the congregation actually, you know, works together to appoint elders from their own number. At least this is the way it was done in the early church. The model that Sean is talking about, I think, is, is fine and valid. You can have, you know, um, bishops over other churches. That's fine. It's just a second. It's. It's just an extension of the second century model. So the second century, um, you know, they had uh, bishops over cities and then you had house churches. I, I think that's a fine model. I, I, but again, if we're going strictly biblical, you know, then there are only two offices. And to extend that out is fine. And you want to extend that out like Sean is talking about. I think that you can have I think you have a good case in church history to show that. Am I going to say that? Am I going to say that it's though? biblically accurate to have multiple titles? No, I, I would disagree with that. I think, but I think it's allowed. I'm not going to say that it's it, it's sinful or not allowed. I'm going to say that sure, you can have different titles, no problem. Well, but if you just want to, but if you want to follow the Bible like you're doing, 
I mean, I would expect you to be a little more heavy handed because I mean, that, that means like, I mean, it should be, if you're just following the Bible, which there is only two offices, elder and pastor, that means you should have just a whole lot of independently run local churches with, you know, no regional type oversight because that would not be strictly biblical. So then if, if people want to do that, well, why would you say that's fine? I'd say I would expect more pushback on you from that. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, there's there's different models of, of church polity. I think that you can extend the idea out to a presbytery like um, Sean is talking about. I don't think that's going to, like I said, I don't think it's inherently wrong. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that that's how the apostles wanted it. It seems that, you know, more central control was um, more ideal to be able to control doctrine because, do, you know, false doctrine was spinning out of control in the early church. And so I think that they looked around at the Roman government and they were like, hey, how do the Romans control their empire? Oh, they do it through, you know, breaking things up into regions and districts and, you know, all these other things. Let's do that. You know, I, I think it's just a, I think it's a, a savvy, you know, way of doing things, but I'm not going to say that it's the biblical model either. Right. My, I mean, does that make sense, Sean? I mean, Uh, when I, I when I think about it, the, the role of um, the pastor uh, is to nurture, equip, and empower the the congregation for the what for the work of the ministry. As uh, Ephesians four eleven actually asked, I would verse seven, so you get the full context of what's being said. Uh, verses 11 through 16 talk about it says we are all the body of Christ and the Bible says every joint supplies that means I there are things that Chris going people going to reach that I'm not going to reach that people I'm going to reach that Chris Chris is not going to reach or and all around all around the room yet when I think about the role of the bishop my thinking of bishop is a pastor of pastors and they, and then I think of elders, I think of elders would be in a local church, but when I think of bishop, I think of uh, one over who might pastor a church, but he has a lot, he has pastors under him of, of different local churches. That's when I think of a bishop. So That's when I think, when I see a bishop as. Chris, then would you... Uh... <clears throat> So where do you draw the line? Because there's lots of stuff. I think you even said in your own church, there's stuff that's not necessarily biblical, yet you still go there because it's, it's not apparently bad and biblical. <laughs> um, but would you still go to a church that has like a woman pastor, even if they're like technically a pastor, yet they're like the janitor? Or no, that's a line that that's too much. No, I would say that that church is apostate. I would say any church that names women <clears throat> pastors, quote unquote, would be an apostate church. I agree. So basically, we should, uh, like, if people wanted to follow that, that seems uh, pretty dicey. Because, like, if there's a church that's just, like, any size at all, I mean, I can't think of one. And Like, is there a denomination that, like, specifically excludes uh, women pastors? Because otherwise, I'm thinking, like, we would all go to very, very small churches, like, where the only reason they don't have a woman pastor 
is because they only are a, a, a big enough church that can support one pastor, and that pastor is a dude. Because it seems like, like if they're a big size at all, they're going to have women pastors. Just because. No, is there like that's a non just, okay. That's like completely. Like, there's only a few churches that do allow women pastors. It's the exception, not the rule. So what's, like, like a all, denomination that wholesale ex forbids it? Uh, PCA, um, Southern what? Baptist Convention. Uh, that's the largest Protestant denomination. Oh. They wholesale okay. forbid pa women pastors. Oh, okay. So, like, the thing that just happened wasn't just because they were trying to, like, have, you know, like, main pastors and stuff like that. It was they were just trying to have any pastor who was female. Correct. Oh, yeah. well, I guess my head was under a rug. Yeah, man. Like, there's nobody. When I say nobody, I'm talking, like, <clears throat> minor, very small charismatic denominations are going to be cool with women pastors. Um, charismatic denominations are kind of the exception to that rule. You'll see a lot of charismatics that accept women pastors, um, you know, and word faith churches that accept women pastors. But you're never going to find main, like, mainstream evangelicals like almost no one accepts women pastors like it's completely foreign to the evangelical experience and so would you say that the uh, the baptist people who um you know continued not allowing female pastors um would you would you say like they still have their own um, i don't mean own issues because everyone does but like that was their biggest baddest issue they were dealing with and now like you pronounce them like wonderful and fine regardless of any lesser issue like the woman pastor issue was the the biggest controversy they were facing that would that would make them unbiblical if they did that or would you say um, there's other stuff that rises to that level no there's other stuff for the southern baptist convention has a myriad of serious problems that aren't going to be solved anytime soon would you uh, say more than that <clears throat> oh far more than that i think women pastors women pastors are always a symptom of a larger problem doctrinally so, like, if you've got women pastors, it's not that women pastors are your problem. It's that you've given up on inerrancy. You've given up on some type of, um, you know, you've given up on some type of uh, idea of holiness. Like, there, there's just, there's there's bigger fish to fry, in other words, if you've got women pastors. And so what's, what's, what do you pronounce, or maybe you can't, or, well, the, the most? What's the most biblically adherent denomination or, or group or organization you you would give Chris's seal of approval on, and I guess by the fact that you don't go to one of these churches may mean there aren't any because you go to a non-denom church, but they've got to be like you know loosely like more in line with one denomination over another. So what what would you say is the most biblically adherent, or just cut your losses, go to a non-denominational church that sticks very very close to the Bible, and don't try denomination because they're all messed up. I mean I. I would probably say that there's tons of those denominations. Like, Spit some out. You know, uh, I mean, well, like, as many problems as the SBC has, there's a lot of good SBC churches, but they don't... But you have to understand how the polity works for SBC, is that they're a, well, that, they're a conglomeration of individual churches. And so when that, we talk about them, or the PCA, for instance, I would say that, I mean, the PCA is dealing with their own. The problem is, is that every denomination is always dealing with some type of serious issue pretty much at all times. So, like, there's never been a time in history where, um, you know, that there has been a perfect denomination or a perfect group of churches. They're always dealing with some type of heresy, some kind of problem. 
and you just don't get away from that. I mean, it's just it's just part of it. Bottom line, because you're just saying that there's no perfect church. He on yeah, if, if there were a perfect <laughs> church, don't go there because you'll ruin it. Um, yeah, and, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking about perfect church or anything like that. And I guess not what they're dealing with, but you know, what is their like? What is their doctrine outline? Like, obviously, if you say, uh, I don't know of anyone that says their their like official doctrine would be like, I don't know, some gross sin is is great. But um, if there was, you'd be like, oh, okay, this organization is automatically bad because if any of them, individual or not, subscribe to these like tenets of the main overarching organization, it's automatically bad because of this like gross sin that they're saying is great and wonderful. Um, something like that. That that's where I was going, but may, maybe that's too too much to ask for thousands oh, of years of church like of denomination. PCUSA, for instance, would be a really corrupt, really bad denomination. If you're looking for one. Okay, PCUSA and so like that would be like in their charter or outline, they would say something that would lead you to I that mean, conclusion. PCUSA has like actual atheist pastors that, <laughs> like, I mean, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not exaggerating. They have, like, Nadia Boltz Weber is a PCA or PCUSA pastor, and she is an atheist. Like, I mean, if you're looking for something like that, that definitely would be a denomination that I would say is outright apostate. You cannot find a PCUSA church that is even Christian, much less. Okay. And then actually I was looking for the other side of that though. So I was looking for one where you'd say, okay, well on paper, they're good. Not counting like individual churches that are all, you know, are always dealing with some issue or something like that. But like on paper, you know, these groups, yeah, they're they're biblical in their outline, regardless of whether or not they follow that outline. Their outline says biblical. Sure, PCA, PC, um, or uh, like uh, Plymouth Brethren, um, you know, Sean's denomination, Gojic, you know. And I mean, what is Sean's denomination? Solid... Is it Church, Church of God, or what is your denomination, Sean? I have, I'm not a part of a denomination. Oh, <laughs> oh, you used to be part of Gojic, right? Uh, yeah, well, it was a time Kojic? I was part of the Kojic. In fact, I preached my first message in the Kojic church. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I the way they got it set up, you got you got the pastors. And this is where I think the, the mix-up comes, because the pastors are also called elders. <laughs> um, but then you got superintendents who are like a regional... Who is a who is a pastor over a church, and he's also called elder, but he's the superintendent of that local region. And then you have the jurisdictional bishop, who's over that whole who's over that whole that only might be a whole county or a whole city. And then you have the state bishop. Then you start getting to the uh, uh, federal bishop. Then you start getting to the general board. And the general board is the one who decides the, uh, you say polite, polity, I see P-O-L-I-T-Y, so I say polity, uh, of the uh, Church of God in Christ. And that's how the bishopric, they, that's how they, they have, that's how that is run. But they also have uh, jurisdictional evangelists. They have jurisdictional missionaries and all these types of things. So there's a lot of power. Polity within the Church of God in Christ, um, and as far as the SBC might not be ordaining women, but the National Baptist Convention USA is. 
Welcome, yeah, Jeff. but they've been they've been apostate for like forty years. Like, I mean, they don't even believe they have. Got, that's why. Have I, that's why I got license ordained, brother. <laughs> Wait, really? now you're saying the now you're saying the Baptist Church has atheist pastors? There's certain, yeah, like ABA and uh, NDA, like uh, yeah, it's, is it the no, National Baptist Convention USA or National Baptist Convention Inc? They both are headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, um, I mean, like. Yeah, again, like a lot of these organizations, they they they're very not um, the, well. They're theological. They're they're politically liberal as well, but they're lots of them that are very theologically liberal. Like they don't believe that the Bible is real. You know, they don't like. You know, it's just a nice book of story. Like any atheist position you could imagine that we've heard here on Clubhouse. Like that's what a lot of these quote unquote Baptist churches would believe nowadays. I, I would have to disagree with you again. Because the Pine Grove Missionary Baptist—that's the problem. We can't broadcast, broadcast the whole of it. The ones that I know, they are. Trust me, the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Jesus went to the cross, died for our sins. That's what they preach, and they preach in Christ and them crucified. Okay. Not, I mean, the, we may be talking about they're a not different preaching that Christ. Maybe I'm thinking, maybe I'm not, thinking of American Baptists or. Because there's like Nate, there's like sixty different Baptist denominations, like six zero. There's not like three. So we should all just go to wherever Steph lives and like start small independent churches and all be our own one person pastor to yes. just combat the witches' covens where she lives. There you yeah. go. Yes. There all right. That, uh, that's the that's the problem solving. Steph, I'm gonna go ahead and pronounce um, Final Fantasy 16 is good to play. I'm 15 hours what? in. What really? And I'm 15 hours in, and the worst stuff. First of all, there there is zero nudity. I don't know. I mean, unless it's unless they're gonna like put on a show in the last ten hours, there is zero nudity. Nudity. There's like some stuff that's implied, like you see a person in bed and they're like under a cover. Uh, you you can tell under that cover if it showed it, it would show nudity, but it doesn't doesn't at all. It shows a person wrapped in like a wolf skin blanket. Um, and the the incest stuff, unless we're about to find out, like not to spoil it. But I don't see that at all. Like the the clear implication, which I thought was where it was going to be, is is not at all. And it just uncovered that. So unless they're going to like do some weird like half brother, half sister type stuff, that's seems like a false claim as well. So the worst stuff is the language, which I don't like. The language is probably the worst stuff. And it's not like there's a ton. Like there's more of it in the beginning. Like all the shock seems to have been in the beginning. Unless I'm just desensitized, <laughs> but all the shocking stuff seems to be in the beginning, and even the the violence, like the grotesque violence. Um, after like a couple shocking scenes at the beginning, it falls off, and it's just like a normal video game where the, you know there's there's not like blood and gore; it's just like flashy like fire and lightning and stuff like that. So I mean, unless I'm in for a shock in the next ten hours, it's very tame. Oh, this is the worst awesome. thing about it is language. This is the best new. Yeah, the language isn't great, but I don't, you know, I don't feel like horrifically convicted to, you know, it's the right. Okay, this is great news. Thank you. Have you returned that. the game yet? Do you have to go rebuy it? No, I still have it. <laughs> okay, so, and I'm just, I, hey, disclaimer I'm only 15 hours in. We don't know how fast this guy's playing. Seems pretty quick. So, you know, if it turns into like a, a straight up sex show, then I have not seen that, and I absolve myself in case you lose your salvation over it. Well, even if I get 15 good hours out of it, that's worth it. That's, okay, great. Thank but the, you, the way But the way it's going, it is not a big deal. <laughs> like That's awesome. That is I great. mean, you would think there is reasons why people would say that, though, unless it was like, 
Um, I, I mean, maybe I should check the source. Like a lot of it was on like parents guides, like, you know, what should your, what are your kids really playing? So maybe they're like trying to hype it up or overhype it like the satanic panic in the eighties or something. But yeah, there's just none of these claims of have, um, yeah, seem true. Great. I love that. This is fantastic news. Thank you so much. I mean, I certainly don't want to help you on your path to Satan, but uh, it's my honest opinion. I'm pretty sure her witch's coven. Yeah, yeah, I'll avoid the witch's coven, but I will play Final Fantasy 16. Sweet. (laughs) All right. uh, And I mean, I I tried real hard, but I guess you can't be a pastor at all, Steph. I'm sorry. That's That's why I stick to NBA. WWE. I love video games. I am like a total geek. Like my kids are so good. My eight-year-old is so good at video games because this is what we do as a family pastime. And part of it is like my stepdad was really into video games and he got me into the Final Fantasy series, but it would be like you know, six thirty, seven at night, everyone's inside, you're done with dinner, you're done with your day. And it was like, we would make popcorn, all get in a big pile on the couch and play Final Fantasy. And it was like, oh, go do this. Oh, go talk to that guy. Like, it's this very active thing. Like all four of us are sitting together, paying attention to one thing. And then we all take turns. So it's like a really fun thing that my family does together. Nobody is like sitting in a room on a PC alone, ignoring anybody. It's like, this is the after dinner activity four nights a week and I love it I'll never give it up it's so fun we're playing Luigi's Mansion right now which is awesome if you haven't if you're into video games and you have kids I strongly <laughs> recommend Luigi's Mansion that is a fun game welcome Riddy. how are you today Riddy, what's up hey Nate how are you doing uh good hey guys how are you doing yeah, I was just chatting on great, the great. chat room with, I don't know his name, but I think his name is Kyoto or something like that. Yeah, we were just I, having, I think having I, yeah, we know. there a little bit ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a question. I mean, you guys were discussing something about uh, female pastors and elders. Mm-hmm. This one wanted to understand why that's a holiness issue, because holiness was mentioned by Chris at some point. Maybe like these denominations that accept women pastors, um, uh, yeah, that was have that was, have accepted <clears throat> other uh, non-biblical uh, issue um, top like I don't know, but when it comes to women, women pastors, I've never had an issue. I was just wondering what what your stance on it was. Ooh, like that... the whole thing again? Well, I was just wondering well, what your stance was on it, like. Um, because I've never had an issue with women pastors or anything like that. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, women pastors would be in big, biblical. I was getting it to Chris because, you know, I was saying, like, he, he would not attend a church that had a woman pastor. And I was saying, you know, traditionally, I've not, um, I've not let that keep me away. I mean, if there was, like, a head pastor or something, I, I, that would be too, too glaring for me to ignore. But, like, you know, if there is a, a pastor that, you know, has, has been, like, had had the title pastor, but they're like, you know, some other pastor that you never see. Um, I, I've not let that keep me out of church. Apparently Chris would. Um, but yeah, Chris, to, to his exact question real fast, he was, he was bringing up the thing where you said like the Assemblies of God, the reason they allowed women pastors was because they did something about 
what was it, tenets of holiness, not like holiness in the Bible, but like, you know, like the holiness kind of like doctrine or governance, like that, that holiness group of people. Um, can you explain that one more? Cause that was, that was exactly what he, what he was going back to. And I was a little curious about that too. So when you said sure. assemblies of God churches allowed them because of like the, the holiness position or stance, what even is that? And, so and you don't mean the about... same thing. It's like holiness in the Bible, right? This is like the whole, like holiness denomination or the holiness group or like yeah, Brandon, it's called like, the holiness movement. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, so why is that? What is it? And what does that allow for women pastors? Um, well, it doesn't specifically allow for women pastors, but there was a tradition within holiness circles that did. So when we're talking about, when we're talking about AG, you know, the, the specific history of AG comes out of Azusa street, um, just a little bit later. And a lot of the founders of the assemblies of God were part of the, what we would call the holiness movement. It's, it's just a movement of, American evangelicalism that um, was popular in the in the early 20th century, you know, like the 1920s, 1910, right. 1920s. But then you were saying that allow, that allows for women pastors in their eyes because the women were like the caretakers of the church or something. So go ahead and throw them a pastor title while they they answer phone calls. Like, why? Well, no, they they actually together? had pastor titles. I mean, there was there was actually like. <clears throat> lady pastors in the holiness movement already. Like it wasn't, it wasn't unheard of. And then, then you throw in like Foursquare, you know, cause a lot of AG folks came from Foursquare as well. So you're talking about like Amy Simple McPherson, um, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of church history stuff. So you're basically AG. saying because of tradition. Yeah. Okay. So Rudy, did that answer at least that question? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, um, um, I haven't, I mean, I haven't really looked into this that much, but uh, I asked for a verse and I think one, one of uh, Johnny, I think he sent me a first Timothy two twelve, and it's uh, I guess it's a very popular verse, but um, when it comes to, I guess, denying that women can be pastors. Um, but I always point out to the fact, uh, just a few verses earlier, um, it actually um, commands men. So it, uh, in verse 8 of 1 Timothy 2, it says, I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. So apparently, if we were to read this like 100% literally, lifting up of holy hands should be done only by men so in church if women raise their hands to worship god that's not a la- that's that's not actually um, commanded in the bible well but that's that's what we call a wooden literal interpretation exactly no one ad- no one advocates for that okay so i am a biblical literist literalist but that is not what biblical literalism teaches that's a straw man of the position so it's a it's a dishonest straw man to say that we would have to do X Y Z when wooden literalism like when Jesus says I am the door a wooden literalist would say Jesus transforms himself into a door that's ridiculous and so we don't take wooden literalism we take actual literalism based on the historical grammatical um, 
you know, hermeneutic. And so when literature like the Bible specifies a metaphor or a simile, we understand that. Now, when we talk about, you know, men lifting holy hands, when we take the entire pericope, what it's talking about is holiness. It's saying that men should do these things and that women should be modest and always uh, submissive to their own husbands, not to other men, but to, to their own husbands. And, so and, the, and the scripture the, teaches that continually all over the place. And so the hang up here is because it says all, all men. That's the hang up because it says men. Yeah, yeah. that is the hang up. Okay. So, okay. Oh, okay. So, so, okay. So, okay. So, so people are saying men like, you know, the anatomical man, not all men as in all mankind. No, it is talking about men, like an anatomical man. That's what it's talking about. Right, but, but again, you're, you're assuming a lot of things from the text that just aren't there. And that's kind of the problem, right? So like the, the, the whole thing is that we're not saying that, you know, in verse, verses 8 through 11, we're just going to ignore those things. No, not at all. What we're saying is that we have to have a more sophisticated idea of what the author is getting across than just straight out wooden literalism because no one believes that and no one teaches that. It's just a straw man. Yeah, because if you think that that my wife is going to go come bow down to a, another man, pa, a man, okay, he is the pastor. <laughs> that ain't going to work. And I, I'm pretty sure most men feel the same way. I got somebody outside the ministry, so I'll be quick. I'll be back. Yeah, of course. I mean, and again, that's that's what we're talking about here. Is like when you're looking at how to read and interpret the Bible. If you look in my profile, Pastor Mark and I taught 24 hours of teaching on how to read and understand the Scripture. If you would like to avail yourself of that teaching, L. Freebo, please look in there. You'll see sessions one through twelve. And I mean, oh, I'm Chris. just reading through this, like even without like you know deep hermeneutical study, I'm just I'm just reading it, you know, playing it as it lies. Um, and there's a difference, like you know, between by the time you get to twelve, um, there, there's some do nots and there's and there's some more um, specifics. So, uh, hang on, where's the verse about? Anyways, but it, I mean, you can just you can read it. I, wow, words are hard this morning. But as I'm reading it, I desire that in every place the men should pray. Um, it says the men. I mean, it's, it's different than the, the qualifications for like elder where it says must be a husband. Like there, there's no way around that of one wife. No way around that. But this it's like I desire that in every place the men should pray. Um, well, first of all, is that like, I mean, desire. That's worth talking about. He desires it. He wants it. And it says the men should pray. It doesn't say the women should not pray or it's it's not like. If we're going one by one comparison from like this to the qualifications of like, you know, pastors, there's a difference there that even without doing deep hermeneutical study, you could just see in the text. So this one says, yeah, sure. Men should, uh, you know, he desires that men pray, um, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. It doesn't forbid women or it doesn't say let only the men pray. Um, but then as you keep going down, it says, you know, likewise, women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel. That's not an exclusionary for men. Like, Surely men can adorn themselves in respectable apparel as well and dressed modestly with self-control. So, I mean, that, that's not exclusionary over one, one gender over one sex over the other. Um, 
Does that make sense? I'm, I'm not crazy, right? Like I'm just reading the text as it is. And you can see there's a very, a, a very big difference between what this is saying from the time, you know, we start talking about like qualifications specifically for a pastor. Can I, uh, can yes, I, for yeah. me. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, yes, Chris, Sean, am I crazy? Like, I mean, you can no, see you this, know, right? You're like, not crazy. You're not crazy. Uh, you're not crazy. I mean, it just says it's it not has crazy. a certain, like, of there's course, a very big difference. Of course, men and women should pray. In, in the, the Bible in but, a, but apostle, I mean, that, that's that's the that's 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 where that's we're, a gift. That's where I'm going because in um, in this in this chapter, I mean, I, I agree with Nate in some ways. I mean, but still, here if we are talking about you know, okay, difference between man, men and women in terms of their roles in the church, right? Then we have to take these things very literally, right? I mean, that's what, what we're doing. And let's take a look. We're literally reading all these verses that talk about, okay, who should become elder, who should become a pastor, who should become, what should a man do in church, what should women do in church. Then we have to take these things literally and see that, for example, in verse 8, it why isn't it saying, Man, I, I desire, why doesn't it say this, Nate? I desire, therefore, that men and women pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Why doesn't it only mention men? Because, you have to because got, now, now, I want you to no. think a little bit logically. If you're, if you're taking yes, this... Uh, listen, let, me, let, let me answer Sean, hang, hang on, hang on. Sean, Sean you keep interrupting. He, he did say Nate. I thought he was asking me a question. Uh, well, he, I think he said... I, did he say Nate? I was asking. Maybe I was... Yeah, I was asking. Were you asking Sean or me? And Nate. I was asking Nate because you, you mentioned something about, you know, li- reading this and it seems... Like there's a difference between verse between verse eight, eleven, and afterwards, right? Um, but I'm asking the question as to why, in this case, Paul is only mentioning not saying men and women for lifting up of holy hands, right? If we're taking this very seriously, then we have to consider, okay, if if Paul did not mention women, then he he is in a way excluding women. So that's the wait wait that could lead that. Hey, could, you, so we have to be careful. Wait, you, you just said it though. You, wait, re, 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 hang on, Randy. There's a lot of chopping up that's making me want to kick my dog. Um, I, I don't know what's causing it, if it's us over talking, but there's a lot of choppiness, and that is messing with me more than anything else has today. Um, so I, I don't know what's cho- what's causing it. Maybe it's me and you talking at the same time. But you, you just said it. You said we have to take it literally, and then you said in a way. In a way is a little bit of a problem if you're taking it literally. So if you're taking it literally, there's kind of one way. So so then the next thing you said was in a way. So is it literally or is it in one way? Because that's what you're doing. So exclusionary is not like when it says I desire. Right. So the way, the way you're saying in a way, why does he even say he desires? Why didn't he say this is a command? Like, why doesn't he say it matter of fact and absolutely instead of saying he desires? So you said in a way it's kind of exclusionary, but literally it's not. It just says men should do this. Women should do that. And it's not exclusionary. So if you read it literally, that's literally reading it. If you want to say, well, in a way it's exclusionary, then that's that's a problem of, of our own making. Um, versus when it gets to the, the time where he says, and I do not permit a woman to talk or exercise authority over a man, that's very exclusionary. And it's just a couple verses away. So in one, you, you're reading in exclusionary, but it's not. And that's a problem if you want to take it literally. Because if you take it literally, he wants men to do this, and he wants women to do that. But it's not exclusionary. So 
one if he's like i want men to do this and i want women to do that and then if a woman's like oh well i want to pray and men are like oh i want to dress modestly well maybe he'd say well i don't want that but it's not forbidden or maybe he'd say sure that's what i meant and that's where we start reading into things but if we want it literally read it's not exclusionary but if you keep reading a few verses down it gets real exclusionary real quick that's that's what i'd say Rudy. Okay, I I agree, Nate. I mean, I agree. It's definitely not exclusionary. There's, I'm definitely, I would be definitely reading it too much into it if if I were to say that he's forbidding women not to lift hand uh, up their holy hands. But again, the question is, why is he desiring men? You, you see what where I'm trying to get at is, his desire is for men to pray everywhere. And to lift up holy hands. So, the question is, why doesn't why isn't there a desire in him for women to pray everywhere? Because they're talking about in the context of the church, and the church is led by men. And later on, he says, "I do not permit a woman to even speak in church." Okay, the it is exclusionary, and the reason for it is because he's talking about church leadership. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to get at, uh, Nate. I think you see what I mean. I, I agree with Chris in a way. If we I were to read this, yes, if we were to read the whole thing, it seems like it seems like it, there is an exclusionary aspect to even to verse eight, not only to verse twelve, which is obviously explicitly ex- exclusionary. But for even to verse eight, there is an exclusionary aspect to it. So in a way, I could interpret verse eight. And now, again, I, that's why I say in a way I could, if I were a literalist, I could, I could uh, interpret it in an exclusionary manner. Even verse eight, I could say that what Paul desires here is for men only to lift up their holy hands and to pray everywhere. I, that's why I agree. I agree with Chris. If I were a a very literalist. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a literalist in other places, not here though, because I have my own reasons to to say that we should not take this in a way that excludes women too. But um, we can uh, I can talk about that later. But I want to understand, Chris. So uh, y- you read verse eight to verse um, fifteen to mean that women should not have any, um, I guess. Uh, offices in the church? Correct. Okay, so any, like the five offices, uh, uh, which is prophets, apostles, um, evangelists, so nothing like that. You, there shouldn't be even women evangelists. No, there's no offices in the church except for elder and deacon. There are no such thing as apostle and prophet any longer. Those have passed. Oh, that's not, well, then why, that's okay, not true, that's Chris. The, the Bible says clearly that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God okay, I mean, yeah, I just, apostle, we can't, we, can't, we can't just, I mean, I, I, I hope we can hold this discussion to, uh, he's also a secessionist. Okay. I mean, that, I, I mean that's fine. But uh, so, but okay. So, you know what secessionist officers. means? Secessionist simply means that I don't believe that there are modern day apostles and prophets. I'm not that's all it means. I'm not, that's, I'm not, but like, not like a bad label it's just it's you're a secessionist that's that's all 
it's not a bad label. So, okay. Right, but 99% of people do not understand what the word cessationist means. Got you. Okay. 99% have no idea what it means. I feel like I'm the 1%. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get stuck on the cessationism. Let, 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 I just want to focus on this women leadership uh, question. So you believe that there are two, only two officers at, uh, currently, deacon and elder, and the two cannot be held by women. Okay, uh, but, but so pastor, what is that? Being a pastor, is that a, is that a, an office? What is it in your definition? It's an elder. Oh, so pastor is part of a, uh, of the elders. Yes, by definition. Yeah, not to sh- not to shut this down, but we did spend about an hour on this earlier. Oh, okay. and I, okay, okay. I, 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 about, I'm not even gonna. Okay, so <clears throat> so um, so Chris, I just want to understand. So you t- uh, are you taking both First uh, Timothy two twelve, and uh, let me just pull up um, and First Timothy uh, chapter three for the qualification of an overseer. Uh, are you taking those two together? Or are you just reading, for example, First Timothy three, where it says that you know a bishop must? So a bishop in this case is an elder, because the New King James Version says a bishop. Right. There's no okay. difference between bishop and elder. Okay. So a bishop, it says, must be blameless, the husband of one wife. So when it says the husband of one wife, that is a clear indication. Is that is that what what you're using or taking to mean that? Okay, obviously that means that it's it should it should just be a, a man. Or are no, you? We 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 don't we don't use the Bible as a series of proof texts. We take the entire scripture into account. And when it talks about, I do not permit a man to, or a woman to teach or hold authority over a man, that automatically precludes women from the office of pastor. Okay, so you're taking, oh, you're, you're taking the, that, that's what I'm trying to get at, I guess. And so I, I, uh, I see your point. So you're taking First Timothy 3 and plus First Timothy 2, 12 uh, and other, you know, acts and all of that. Uh, and then taking all those and then, uh, I guess... Uh, concluding that uh, women cannot be at least leaders, uh, but I, I, pre- that. That, I presume that you oh, obviously um, women can that, absolutely be leaders, but they cannot be in the office of elder or deacon. That's all. What other leadership position can they have in the church if there are only two? Parking lot attendant? I don't. I mean, know. they can. No, no, they no. Can, no, no. Like they can teach. They just teach. They don't teach mixed audiences. They teach women. It says older women teach the younger women. Like uh, this is quite but obvious. Not, but that's not a leadership position, right? That's just sure it is. Wait, if you're how would if teacher you're, not if you're be teaching a, a group of position. younger women? How is that not a leadership? Okay, I guess let me try to rephrase my question because Chris initially said there are only two leadership positions in the church: elder and deacon, right? Offices to uh, okay. offices to lead the church, but, that, but not an official, leadership. So an positions. office is where an official leader sits in, right? There are unofficial leaders. I mean, let's say, I mean, but that's literally saying that, for example, in the American government, right? If if I, for example, am a mayor of a city or a town, right? There is an office and there is an official leadership position that I have. I mean, again, I feel like by saying that women, older women can teach uh, younger women, uh, that's a leadership position. No, it's not a leadership position. 
it is it's definitely they're definitely leading yes but there is no position associated with there's no office associated with it so it's definitely not official right okay, it's just so i don't can we just get to that point like well, this is hang on wait 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 hang on hang on uh, ready take take like 30 more seconds get to your point and then i want to t- talk to david in general real fast because i'm gonna have to run um okay. but yeah go ahead ready try so to wrap this up the point i'm seconds. trying to make is uh no I, I guess i'm not trying to i wasn't trying to make any point i was i was actually trying to understand what chris position was um but now that you've raised the point of there are unofficial leadership positions that women can have i guess i mean that makes sense to me okay there are unofficial leadership positions uh but definitely the, because there are no offices associated with those i really don't think there are leadership positions there there they can be leaders but it's not a position because there is okay. no office there's no seat to sit on right there's nothing okay. to and yeah so chris's position is just very strict we would say um <laughs> david what's up david ah i miss david ah i wanted to hear what david had Sorry, to say Nate. Thank you, though. Hey, I had a question, man. I heard Chris I say, yeah, I heard Chris say there are no modern apostles and prophets today. But how does he uh, can can he explain that uh, with scripture? I mean, because the, the the epistle says there are apostles, there are prophets, you know, teachers. So how can you back that down that there are no apostles and prophets in this age yeah chris sure so there you have to again we have to take scripture in context when it's talking about apostles and prophets it's talking about the foundation of the church how god gifted people individually in order to have the foundation of the church apostles in the scripture had a very specific function and it was to perform miracle acts in order to establish their authority to continue to write the canon of scripture. That was their job. And they did it very well. So by definition, an apostle would have not only the ability, but also would have the onus to continually be writing scripture. And so when we define apostles as the 12 plus, um, you know, Paul, what we are saying is that these are the people that have the authority to write scripture. All right, are we and, and apostles so, so, so have the Barnabas ability to never do wrote a thing. So Barnabas who never wrote a thing, who's also called apostle. We we also have another who never wrote anything, who's numbered among the among the twelve among the eleven with the eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never wrote anything. He not never wrote everything. So oh, you've got, you've got so so when you say stuff like that, that is from some theological no, seminary thing. It's from the scripture. From <laughs> no, it's from scripture. And 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 again, but you know, I hate to disagree. But, but again, we would disagree on the definition of apostle as well. Disagree on, but but again, the Bible says, and God has set. Another word is appointed or placed in the church. So if God, so only God has the right to take away something that he put in his church, correct? But again, it's not that he took it I away. I just asked a simple the, yes or no question. Apostle, come on. I mean. That's a simple look, yes or no question. 
God is not taking anything away from the church. God simply gave us. I want to read that. And then you tell me, you tell me 1 Corinthians 12, 28 is no longer applicable to today. Okay, so. Overseer has something to say. Yeah. Overseer, what's up? Peace to the panel the people I know, the people I don't know. Uh, I just want to know in scripture, because I've heard this uh, many times, um, where was Barnabas called an apostle? Because I've, I've never seen it in any version of the Bible that I've read personally. And I've read a couple. Um, so I just wanted to know where that was, because that doesn't sound very factual. Anyone? Uh, Sean was the one that brought up the point. So, I mean, I can show you it's in Acts. It's when Paul and Barnabas are sent. And so the word apostle, apo, uh, however you say it in Greek, the Greek word there is apostle, but there are two meanings of the word apostle. There are the sent ones, and then there are the sent ones according to what the scripture is mm-hmm. in, for, in Acts chapter one. And so in Acts chapter one, Barnabas would not hold the office of apostles simply because there were very specific strictures that were laid out in order to be called one of the 12. And so when they picked Matthias to replace Judas, they had a set of, um, they had a set of uh, uh, strictures that they had to go by in order to choose one of the 12. And so the 12 apostles plus Paul were a very special group. And then you have a more generalized group that were people that were just simply sent using the same Greek word. Okay. I, I understood the, the, the Greek understanding of, of Acts 1. I just wanted to see specifically uh, yeah, what it says. Acts 14, 14. But when yeah. the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out. <clears throat> it seems like this is, I mean, this is where people can argue and say, is, is it that apostle, apostle? Or is it in the broader sense, like apostle, like, you know, they're being sent. Not like an apostle, but like anyone that would be sent. Like, you know, uh, Chris is my apostle to 7-Eleven to pick up me a Slurpee. Uh, he's sent. But in no way is he that type of apostle. So that's where the discussion will probably be had. Is it that type of apostle? Or is it just that he's being sent somewhere type of apostle? Because Paul would be both type of apostles. But as Barnabas, both types. Like, because Paul was, you know, sent, and he was that type of apostle. But was Barnabas also, or were they just saying in this context, hey, those apostles, Paul and Barnabas, you know, the ones being sent, um, not the other type of apostle. Acts 1414. All right. Thank you for that. Okay. The person that said it couldn't answer the question, though. That that was just what was crazy to me. Makes the point very moot, even though it's true. But I am going to have to run. Because uh, I have to eat. <laughs> Everyone, thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, everyone, have a good day. We'll see you later. Take care, Chris, Sean, General Walter. Take care.